Brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in today. I am your host, McLean McGowan. As always, it is a pleasure to be here with you. I know that your time is precious. It is everything, so thank you for letting me into your lives, into your ears, into your auric field as we all walk this path together as women and mothers. And it is especially difficult right now, you know? We've been in this portal which keeps ebbing and flowing, and I just want to really drive home that we have been in a gauntlet. This is a very weird time, and I know this word is misused, but it truly is unprecedented what we are going through and what we're continuing to live through since March 2020, and it's not normal, and it's not healthy, and it's not right, and it's not good. So I just want you all to know that you're doing tremendous work and making the best choices possible for your family. And we all have different variables we're working with. We're all having different experiences through this portal. But I really, really want to focus on more love, less fear, and especially less divisiveness because the media, anywhere you look, the papers, the news, it's dividing us based on a lot of external factors, which may or may not be true. I personally think a lot of them are not true. You may think some things are true, some things are not true. I'm not here to discuss the details, but, you know, I'm seeing a lot of ethics and morality that have just left the building. So I really want this space, this podcast, you know, what I share on social media. I do share what's on my heart. I share what I feel like I have to share, but also it comes from a place of unity and education. And I never want to be an instigator in divisiveness and pitting women against women, families against families. Uh, I'm not into that. I'm seeing so much of that on social media. I find it repellent. I find it very base behavior and I'm not going to stand for it and I'm not going to do it. So keep on keeping on. This is why I talk so much about the self-love, self-care, because this is a marathon you know, motherhood in general is a marathon, right? We know this. Nothing is a sprint when it comes to motherhood. It is the long haul. And now in this time, we really are in a marathon. We are in a marathon of not knowing if schools are closing, what's being mandated, what we may or may not be willing to go along with for the schooling for our children. A lot of us are moving states. A lot of us are moving countries. A lot of us are breaking up in marriages. Uh, So many relationships are ending. A lot of us are having a lot of fertility issues. A lot of us are seeing our children regress through this portal. A lot of us are seeing our children suffer. A lot of us are seeing death from COVID, not from COVID. There's a lot going on right now. And so how can you 
show up for yourself every day to be able to handle what life throws at you. And not even what life throws at you, but what, like how life is meeting you, the lessons that you need to be learning to take you personally to your next level. So there's the personal and then there's the communal and then there's the global, right? There's so many different levels to all of this. But I know for myself, if I'm feeling completely run down, if I'm not doing the practices that make me feel at least mostly filled up each day, whether that's my chanting practice, walk, meditation before my kids get up, the simple act of an attitude of gratitude each morning when I wake I lie in bed, I look at the sun streaming through the curtains, and even just listing five things I'm grateful for in this moment. You know, my baby lying next to me, the health of my kids, the health of my family, my body that I'm in right now, the fact that I woke up another day breathing, all of these things that maybe in the past I would have taken for granted, I don't now. And these are the things that help me keep on going. Because look, I have dark days too, believe me. Uh, I have changed so much internally in the last year and a half. Some of these things you may all have seen, some of these things you may not have seen. So I think that's something important to remember is we're all going through a lot of transitions and changes on the micro and the macro level and really protecting yourself, protecting your mental health, your physical health, certainly, but also your emotional health, what you're sharing with whom and why. Because as we walk through this time, When all the veils are being lifted, so many veils are being lifted. They're going to continue to be lifted. The things that we quote unquote know right now today as I record, it's going to be different in a couple days, in a week, certainly a month, certainly in six months, certainly in a year. We're going to have so much more information on what this whole time portal has even meant. And that's why the way that we show up today and each day means so much. It's like the way that we do anything is how we do everything. And I know for myself, I do actually think that we are moving in a positive direction. I do think we're moving towards the light. I do think we're awakening consciousness on the mass levels, but we're still in the dark phases of it. It's still the crumbling and that painful like white knuckling of the powers that be trying to hold that grasp that they know is dying off. So it's going to be, I think, a couple more years of this getting us to a more positive place. But having said that, even if this ship was sinking, even if this world was ending, I still want to be showing up the most high vibe that I can every day for myself and my kids, right? It's like, if we have a month to live, I want to be living the best that I can, loving my life, loving the sun that's shining down on my body, loving viewing the ocean, loving walking in the woods, you know, all of it. So it's the both and, as I talk about a lot, it's the both and as we walk this path. This life is full of paradoxes, full of polarity, the light and the dark, and it's nuanced and it's different for everyone. So the topic I wanted to talk about today is death. And there have been so many deaths, a lot that have had nothing to do with COVID. There have been a lot of lives leaving this earth plane through this time, all ages, all reasons. And that's why I think body sovereignty is so important because we need to be living the life that we feel is true to ourselves. So we're not taking a risk on something that we don't feel comfortable with that could take our lives or could, you know, very much affect our lives and our health. And there's also death on the micro, on the daily. How are we allowing those parts of ourselves that we no longer resonate with? How are we letting those die off? How are we letting, could be partnerships, marriages, jobs, careers. We've certainly seen a lot of that. How are we allowing for friendship relationships to die off? I've certainly had quite a few of those relationships in my family that will never be the same. And how do we handle these things? 
And there's no right answer, right? Some days I have a lot of anger. Other days I have a very calm acceptance of all of it. It's really interesting. It's almost like an eerie calm. And sometimes it's a really love-filled calm. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening right now. And I'm really okay with all of that. And I think through this portal, I have become my best ally. I have become so much kinder to myself. I have certainly become a better friend to myself, putting my needs way more at the top of the pyramid. And those things can be obvious and they can be really mysterious. It could be just the simple fact of saying no to things I don't want to do. And you know what? Maybe I never really did want to do them. Or maybe now I'm just so much more clear about what sucks my energy, who sucks my energy. Because I really don't have any extra bandwidth to do anything or be around anyone that doesn't bring more light and love and fun and enrichment to my life. And death is a topic that in our current society is not spoken about much. And when it is, it's often in ways that I do not find helpful or healthy. And on the Mother of the Mother podcast, I've had actually had two episodes with my mentor, Olivia Barham of Sacred Crossings. If you want to check those episodes out, it is episode 18, which is titled Death Becomes Her, Conscious Dying and the Art of Dead Midwifery with Olivia. And then also episode number 73, which we recorded during the pandemic, Living with Death Through COVID. And I was also with Olivia. And she has been a dear friend in my life and also a mentor and a teacher to me. When I did the death midwifery training with her, became a death doula. Death has been a topic that I've shared on here before that has been in my life since I was a young child. My half-brother died when I was five and just had a lot of family members die throughout my life. And obviously losing a child or a non-adult affects the whole family dynamic and Death has been knocking at the door recently. I very unexpectedly had a friend die a couple of weeks ago, soon after landing in LA after being away two months. And, you know, without sharing the story, because the details I don't feel like need to be shared, but she took her own life and it was very shocking to everyone that was close to her. And it really drove home to me how well do we really ever know someone you know how much do we really know and when it comes to suicide it's a huge topic and it's actually something that I have been <laughs> analyzing over analyzing working through working with accepting riling against for a lot of my life because suicide was in my family it, it's been in my family lineage before my most immediate family. It was in my immediate family. It's also in my husband's family. So suicide is something that I've lived the majority of my life with. And I know a lot of you have too. And that alone, that topic could be so many hours of discussion. But I really just want to say, I see you all. And I'm just sending so much love to you if you have ever been in a place with your mental health, with your emotional health, with your physical health, where you have wanted to take your own life, whether you've tried, whether you've just wanted to, whether you've had suicidal ideation, whether you are someone who has been affected by suicide, I know that it is a certain kind of hell 
that you live with, the questions, the wondering what you could have done differently if you had just made that call when you wanted to or you're thinking about it or, you know, the list goes on. Like, what what could we have done? What could we have done? And I experienced that too a couple of weeks ago and just so much guilt, so many waves of guilt and just complete shock and then you know, like every 10 minutes, like getting on with my life with my kids. And then like every 10 minutes of just hitting me in the stomach again, that I would never see her. I would never hear her voice again. And just how sorry I felt that I didn't know that she felt that way, that she was in that much pain. And, you know, as mothers, if you haven't had suicide in your life, or if you haven't had a lot of death in your life, it can feel so incomprehensible that someone that has children could ever take their life. I mean, it's incomprehensible because if you haven't been there or been affected by it and done a lot of work around it, there's no way like for a neutral kind of brain, let's say, to understand how, like how, like why? No, there's no way you could do that. And so it's very confusing. And I think it's so easy to judge. It's so easy to judge people who have taken their own life and have chosen that. And it's one of those things where I can get very spiritual about it. I mean, I do think that we all have body autonomy and body sovereignty, and we all have our own karmic walk that we are walking this lifetime and soul contracts that we've made this lifetime. And so on the one hand, it's allowing for what is to be, right? I mean, that's part of death, any kind of death, right? We're allowing what is happening to be, just being an acceptance of life and death, which is all part of one. So there's that perspective, but then there's also the other side, which is just knowing how painful it is for everyone involved, for the person who is so moved to end a living life, and then all of the loved ones that are left behind. And it's something that it truly is a hell. I mean, it is a horrible thing to be left with. And that's why they often say that, you know, suicide is a very selfish or passive aggressive act. So passive aggressive that it's actually very aggressive. I don't know if I always agree with that. I mean, I don't always agree with anything. So I don't think that pertains certainly to anyone and everyone. I think the people left behind are just, we're always searching for the whys and the hows. And then we have to kind of wrap our head around something to keep on living our lives, right? To get through that despair and the heartache and the utter pain. And there's no way for me to wrap this up. There's no way for me to wrap this up in a bow. This is a just a huge topic, but it was just on my heart. It's been really heavy on my heart and I haven't known how to share about it. I haven't spoken about it publicly at all yet. And it definitely brought up a lot of stuff for me and my family. And how, you know, we moved through it with our children, obviously only sharing age-appropriate facts. But my oldest, I mean, she's 10, and she had seen this woman a couple weeks before, and, you know, she certainly knew she wasn't sick and dying. So, you know, there were questions. She's very intuitive. So that leads me to a question, because I put out on social media today on Instagram, if people did have any questions, and one of them that came was how do we speak to our children about death? And I would highly recommend going back and listening to Olivia's two episodes on here, number 18 and 73, because she is just such a sage. She's such a wise woman when it comes to death. And she's been doing this work for so many decades. But for me personally, I think kids are magic. Kids are intuitive. Kids are always teaching us so much because they're closer to God. They're closer to spirit. They're closer to the other realms, right? And as they grow in this current society doesn't really support that magic, it 
fades into the ether and then they grow up and we become adults and we become jaded and everything becomes so scientific and the magic goes away. So if you're lying to kids about death, they're going to know, first of all, they're going to know. So how can you make the talk of death age appropriate? And that's why I think it's so important from young ages to talk about death and not make it this scary, horrible thing, but it just really be factual. Like this is just part of life and seeing the cycles when you see a butterfly, like not trying to hide it from them, but express to them, oh, this butterfly died. And why don't we have a beautiful little ceremony for it and honor its life or the bee that we see dead on the ground? How can we honor this life and sing a song or, you know, make a beautiful piece of art on a rock as a tombstone? or just honor life through death. And one of the things I love about Olivia and her teachings is her daily meditation is to be okay with death. In the morning, she meditates to be so cognizant of her life that she is okay and open to death. And that is how you really walk your path in freedom. Because if you look around, so many of us aren't living anymore because we're so scared of death. That fear is actually what's killing us. And if you know Stephen Jenkinson or read any of his books, he's an incredible death seer and worker. And, you know, he has said that when we're old and we do all of these things, we don't even have to be old, but let's just say in the U.S. current society, we do a lot of things for older people to keep them alive. But it's really not extending their life. It's just extending their years, right? So you might get an extra 10 years, but those 10 years pretty much suck. So it's like, what are we actually really doing? And again, that's something for each person. You have to decide how you want to live and what you want to do. And it's really good to think about these things, not as a scary thing and the macabre thing, but just really knowing and letting your partner know what you want. Certainly knowing what your parents want as far as medical interventions, how they want to be buried, what their wishes are. All of those things are really important. It's really important to have those conversations. So the ones left behind aren't racked with fear and doubt because they already know what their beloved wants. And obviously, you know, there can be very quick accidents, tragedies, things like that, that we can't plan for, obviously. But I'm just saying when it comes to terminal illness or cancer, things like that, like where do you stand? What do you want to take on or not? And that's something to be really conscious of, like how, how do you want to die and how do you want to live? And there's that saying is you die the way that you lived just like the one you birth the way that you live. And in our society, think about it. Whenever we are met with some pain or discomfort, we try to fix it. We try to get rid of it. Second, you get a headache. Instead of maybe drinking more water, we go for the Tylenol or the aspirin. Second, we get a boo-boo. We take a painkiller, right? Second, we get a backache. We take a painkiller instead of maybe doing Pilates or yoga or walking every day for 10 minutes. We live in a society that's always trying to get the quick fix, put the Band-Aid on, and it isn't serving us in any way. It's not serving physically. I mean, maybe in the immediate, but look at our country. We're the, one of the sickest countries in the world and we're one of the richest and we have the highest health care. It's not adding up. Also emotionally, we don't know how to handle our stuff. We don't. We have a lot of adults walking around that should be our elders and they aren't because they aren't strong enough. They don't know how to lead. They don't know how to lead us. And that's one of the big issues with our current societies. We don't have elders. They can put us back in place. They can lead us by example. They can model what aging beautifully and gracefully and with bravery is. We don't see it. So when it comes to death, I think we all have a lot of work to do. And it certainly doesn't mean it's going to be easy. 
It certainly doesn't mean I want it for me, anyone in my family, anyone in your family listening, but it is a fact of life. Death is a fact of life. It is the same coin. It's just on the other side. And I know personally when I'm meditating or when I am out walking in the woods, it isn't that I don't want to be living, but I have these flashes of this full acceptance that if death came and it's coming, it's coming at some point. I mean, I hope I'm in my hundreds. I really want to live to my hundreds, but those flashes of if it came right now, I would be fine. Like I've lived a good life. I want to keep on living it. I would definitely want to be here for my kids for another 50 years, 60 years. But in those moments where I can accept that death is real and that life is not promised to me or any of us, it feels so free. It feels like I'm flying because I'm not in fear. And that leads to another question that someone on IG asked me is how do we not be afraid of the inevitable? And I think that's what it is, is we put so much off in our life. We're scared to do the thing. We're scared to go for that job or go out on our own and start that thing. If we really want a baby just to go ahead and have the baby, even if we don't necessarily have husband or the partner, or maybe we're ready to leave that marriage that we've been really scared to. We got to just stop thinking that we have this limitless time because we don't. So how can we really show up for ourselves and be the best version of ourselves for us, for our kids, for our families? And it's scary. It's scary. It's scary. But it's kind of like, isn't that the point? Like, isn't that the point of life? To take risks, to do new things? Because I think that's been the one of the scariest things this past time during this pandemic is all the things that we were so kind of spoiled with and used to and familiarized with, a lot of those things fell away and we were left with ourselves. We were left at home with our partners all day. We were left alone with our kids all day. And I think a lot of people had some very rude awakenings that they haven't been living authentically. Maybe they don't even really like the life they're living right now. And Some of that is in your control, some of it's not. And that to me is actually the worst heartbreak of this pandemic is the amount of suicide that has gone through the roof. I don't know what it is currently, but I think it was up like 600% at one time. The amount of child abuse, even in the city I live in, in LA, the amount of child abuse, sexual abuse skyrocketed because people were kept, mandated, put in their prison of home with abusers. And also... It's not normal to not be around other humans. It's not normal to not be able to go outside, to the beach, to the ocean. I mean, here in LA, all the parks were yellow taped off. The park near my house that I can walk to, you get a $1,200 fine if you were in the park for three months. That was how it was. Surfers were getting a $1,000 fine for being in the ocean. That's not good for our mental health. To not be able to hug people as they're dying. To not be able to be near people as they're dying. And it's led to a lot of death. So as we move forward, I think it's really important if you've experienced death through this portal to really allow yourself time and space to grieve it, to mourn. It's been so nonstop with stuff to deal with that maybe you even haven't had that space and time. So that's like the first thing is how can you allow yourself to feel? Because if you don't grieve, it will come out. It'll come out in years down the line and it won't be pretty. How can you double down on the self-care and the self-love, reach out to a therapist, reach out to suicide hotline if you need. How can we be there for each other more? I think that's something that is so stigmatized with mental health is we're so fearful of judgment. So how can you become someone that people feel comfortable with 
calling in their lowest moments because I know you won't judge them. Like, how can we all, I say this for all of us, like, how can we become those people in our families, in our communities? They're like, I'm suffering so much. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to reach out. I don't even know what I need, but I know I can call Emily. I can text Emily and she can at least give me something that I can hold on to in this moment. Because what I really know is that all of these systems that are crumbling, they don't serve us. You know, I mean, if you're a mom listening to this, you know, like none of the systems are setting us up to thrive. Like none of them from prenatal education to birthing in hospitals, sometimes even birthing at home, but certainly in the medical paradigm, medical system, it's not serving us. Definitely not serving us in the postpartum time. Postpartum anxiety, depression, suicide are skyrocketing because we are not supporting women. We are not supporting families. And a lot of women want the help. A lot of mothers want the help, but they don't have childcare. They don't have money for childcare. They don't have support. And it goes on forever. Like you don't magically all of a sudden get amazing support unless you have money. And even people with money are suffering in silence. Just because you can afford a babysitter doesn't mean, you know, X, Y, and Z. So all the systems do need to be reworked and I don't have those answers, but I just know that we are the ones that are going to create change when we actually stand up for it and demand it. And we're going to lose, we're going to lose likes. We're going to lose followers. We're going to lose friends. We might lose jobs. We might lose partners, but what are we gaining? Are we going to gain a new paradigm Are we going to gain a new world where we are actually healthy and thriving and supporting each other to work when we can work and rest when we can rest and where money isn't God? We're actually being healthy and being vulnerable and asking for what you need or celebrated when we can actually create this village and have the infrastructure. Because every woman I know wants to live on the commune with all the women, husbands are there or around, but we're parenting throughout the day. We're sharing the chores, the food shopping, the gardening, the cooking, the food. We're doing this together. We're packing the lunches. Like how amazing it would be if you just lived on that commune and you rotated. So you got two days a week where you knew your kids were going to be fed all their meals, lunches packed, going to school with amazing, incredible people all day. So you could rest, sleep, work, have your own career going on, have time with your partner, like actually have time with your partner. We all want that. It's very hard to actually create that structure and that infrastructure because everything that our society is built on is not that. So this is a very open-ended one-sided chat with myself, but I hope this has at least brought forward some things for you to think about and to meditate with. What is your legacy? How do you want to be showing up in your life? Because you and you alone have the ability to change it. You may not know how it's going to change, You don't need to know the how right now. Just getting clear with how you want to change or how you want it to feel. You don't have to know the action steps, but just how do you want your life to feel and then work from there? How do you want the people around you to feel? Because we're not resourced. That's the thing. And if you find yourself yelling at your kid or frustrated with your kid or yelling at your partner about the same old shit that you always fight about, it's because we're not resourced. We're tired. (laughs) We're tired. Even if you're sleeping at night, we're just tired of all these massive decisions we've had to make for the last year and a half, like on the hour. We're just fucking tired. So how can you remove more off the plate 
that isn't a necessity, that doesn't have to happen right now? How can you really only do the things that you have to do? I mean, sometimes we have to do the things for our kids, right? When, especially when you have young kids. Like, you have to do the things. You have to bathe them. You have to feed them. You have to make them sleep. You have to make sure they're safe. Give them a lot of love. All that. Besides that, like, how can you say no to things that you don't want to do anymore? How can you say goodbye to the parts of yourself that you're done with and be okay with it? And actually love yourself even more because of it. So just know that I'm here for you and I'm walking this path alongside you and we are truly better together. And I am very positive about the future, our future, the one that we're all creating together. And I feel like I'm showing up in some new ways. I'm going to really be saying no to some things. So I have the space and time to bring forward things that I've been wanting to do for years and I haven't had the space and time for them. So guess what? I have to say no to say yes. I'm going to pull a card for us. Per usual, if you are wanting some support, please reach out. Hello at motherthemother.com. I have a couple spaces left for this fall for one-on-one coaching. And we can just get on a free breakthrough mother love call and see if it's a good time for you, good fit for us. And then I have my monthly mom call membership. And you can find that information on the link tree in my bio on Instagram at mother the mother. And in the new year, I'll be offering some group coaching and courses, which I'm really excited about because it's time I put myself out there in new ways because they're very much needed right now. And I have to kind of let my howls fall by the wayside and my perfectionism die by the wayside to show up because I really honor that in other people. Even if everything isn't perfect and beautiful, they're showing up and they're doing the thing. And that is often what I'm drawn to. So giving myself a dose of that medicine. Per usual, letting this card, if it resonates with you, come into your auric field. And if it doesn't, gently wash away back into the ethers from which it came. I pulled Kai Tiaki, guardian of Papa Tuanuku. It's a beautiful woman naked meditating lotus sutra legs crossed in lotus and this is from the earth warriors oracle guidebook by alana fairchild that i use daily it's my favorite card deck so closing your eyes if you can for a little story time if not just let your eyes relax and let go let the belly release you are kai tiaki guardian of the divine feminine Your relationship with Mother Earth, Papa Tuanaku, is sacred, empowering, and healing. You are destined to become more spiritually intimate with her, sharing in her creative potency and wisdom. Lean into her and trust in her support, even as you serve her by courageously voicing truth. She is your great ally, friend, and healer, and as you dedicate yourself to her, she dedicates herself to you. Make peace and let go of past issues around being abandoned or not understood or of feeling unsupported as those experiences need no longer color your worldview. Trust that you belong here, and that your connection to the earth goddess will support you in all ways. You are sensitive, and rightly so. Never judge your sensitivity or feel that you are overreacting, but also allow nature to calm and soothe you, so that you can be focused on accomplishing your soul mission. If you feel that you are on your own, when you would like some help, allow the Divine Mother to befriend and guide you, whilst trusting that at the right moment, more allies will arrive. The Earth Mother has her own sense of timing, and you are not forgotten. You are just growing according to her wisdom and grace. Have faith in yourself and in her. In the Maori worldview, humans are not seen as separate from nor superior to the natural world. Instead, humans are part of nature and have a sacred role to preserve and protect the Earth Mother. 
known as Papa Tuanaku. Her guardians are known as Kaitiaki, the ones who take actions to defend her and safeguard her natural resources so that she and we can thrive. There is an innate instinct in the human soul to seek an emotional connection with the natural world for pleasure and healing. When this connection is denied, which is the basis for all environmental abuse, the result is great suffering. The more soul you have, the more your personal identity becomes intertwined with nature and the greater devastation you will feel in the face of environmental degradation. This is not being overly sensitive. This is being awake at a soul level. Disconnection from the divine feminine harms humanity in ways that eventually lead us to psychological pain and physical disease. Perfectionism, impatience, thinking about what we can get instead of what we can give, all these erode self-esteem and emotional fulfillment. They distort what is meant to be sacred sexuality into performance, a perpetuation of emotional wounding and abuse, which drains our creative power and prevents us from being able to feel our truths. Then we end up feeling confused, anxious, and uncertain about our future. These are signs that we need to heal and strengthen our connection to the natural world to restore our connection to the sacred feminine. The Kai Tiaki soul can help us reconnect to the divine feminine rather than dismiss exploit and use her. Loving our mother and feeling respect and reverence for her will restore our vitality and energy and help us gain a sense of well-being. You intuitively understand the need for this sort of relationship to the earth and you must remember to cultivate your connection so as to grow in peace in your soul. It is part of your destiny to read the wisdom of the ancient lineages from which you have evolved. From those ancestors who lived in a world very different to ours, who knew how to sustain themselves in harmony with the natural world over long periods of time, and who can help us remember that life requires a sustainable relationship with the Earth Mother. Their wisdom is encoded in the natural world. Through taking the time to tune into the Earth, you are the one who can read her records and share the wisdom teachings that you perceive. Honor your ability to be a devotee of the Earth Mother. Allow her and your own courage and intelligence to empower you on your path, to support you in speaking your truths, especially when they go against the grain. For is that not what creation is all about? Opening up to something new? For the healing process for this, this is what it says. Re-earthing is a sacred practice to help you plug into the consciousness of the earth goddess in a truly grounded healing and nurturing way. In this way, you both receive from her and become more able to give to her through your increasing attainment of your life's work and personal well-being. To re-earth yourself, spend a little time each day in physical contact with the earth. Physical touch, barefoot or with the hands on dirt and grass or on the trunk of a tree is sufficient for this process. A beautiful addition to this healing process is to say a simple prayer or statement to the earth at the beginning and end of your re-earthing practice. It might be, I love you at the start and thank you at the end. Or it could be a deeper and more personal conversation about gratitude, hope, and trust and about the wise use of your creative power or your concerns about the world. You might ask for her assistance and guidance so that you can honor the divine feminine in the best way possible, according to your talents and abilities. The more you do this practice, the more love and devotion will arise, and the stronger and more conscious your connection with the Earth Mother will be, and the more empowered you shall become to fulfill your destiny. Don't be afraid to lean on her, to need her, and to let her help you help yourself and the world. And so it is. Thank you, Divine Mother. And thank you all for continuing to show up, continuing to do the hard work, continuing to be. I see you. I hear you. I love you. Jema. 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 Jema.